today on Laura Lynn and Friends. It's, uh, if, if someone is suspected that they might uh, partake in a hate crime, they can be arrested and put under house arrest to stop them from committing the crime. Uh, this is flagrant, flagrantly unconstitutional. Okay, well, welcome to the beginning of the last day. Sorry, everyone. I know on Rumble you were waiting for a while because, you know, we had it to set to go and then we had some technical difficulties and Lord only knows what all happens. Thanks for a graphic. I told JT, nobody knows my name. Did you know that? <laughs> they call me like Linda Lou, Laura Lee, um, all, all, you know, Loretta, Loretta Lynn, um, all kinds of things. And I said, people don't actually know my name. He goes, it's right there on the opening. I'm like, I don't think it is. People don't know. So we made a graphic so people know my name. Um, awesome to see you. I love to read from my dad's Bible. So he's, um, yeah, he's been gone over two years now. Has it been that long? Yeah, over two years. That is just so uh, surprising to me. It's funny how, you know, my son was just saying to me the other day that when you're young, like from zero to 15, it takes so long and it's so boring. You have to go to school starting from kindergarten all the way you know, through to grade 12 and all of that just takes so long. And then all of a sudden you get in your 20s and you're kind of really looking forward to, you know, adult life. And then it starts going faster and faster. And then by the time you're 30, oh my goodness, like it's really speeding along. And I, I remember being very shocked to be 30. I wasn't that shocked to be 40. And now I think I'll end this conversation so we don't have to talk anymore about how old I am because nobody wants to think about that. But all of that to say that time goes so slow uh, when you're younger. So I miss, uh, I miss my dad. And um, on this particular page that I've opened today, for instance, uh, you know, I'll just read one of these many scriptures, but he's got, you know, so many lined and, and uh, written on. Um, so this is what I liked today. I, I saw this one. It came to my eye. He has a star beside it. And it says this. It's Psalms 102, verse 25. Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. I wonder if that's climate change. I don't know. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. That is really beautiful. And doesn't it give you such hope? And then this next verse, it says this. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. Ha <laughs> ha, isn't that great? The children of thy servants. You know, um, it's, it's an incredible thing to know that God made this. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. So when we're kind of concerned about some of the things, you know, some of the things I'm going to bring up today and talk about, one thing to know is that God's got a plan and it's an incredible plan. And at the end of all of it, we have eternal life and a place to live. 
uh, that's going to be spectacular. And I, I choose to view heaven as not, you know, little angels sitting on. Remember that Philadelphia cream cheese um, commercial, JT, where that that gal, that little angel is sitting and she's playing a harp and she's eating Philadelphia cream cheese. Like that's supposed to be heaven. No, no, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be like whipping around, like taking trips to Mars and Jupiter and to galaxies far and beyond. But even more than that, actually, um, Revelations talks about a new heaven and a new earth that this earth that we're on it literally burns to smithereens. It's completely destroyed. And then God creates a new heaven and a new earth, and we get to rule and reign with him. We get to live in the eternal life happily ever after. And I'm very, very excited about that. It means we don't have to worry about today. And, you know, I was just down. I was in Nashville, Tennessee for the National Religious Broadcasters Convention every year thousands of people. I believe that there were 5,000 signed up as participants. And <laughs> you get to go and have a really wonderful time. And on the Thursday night, so uh, one week yesterday, uh, Donald Trump showed up. Now he showed up very late because his, I don't know, they were having plane troubles or something. And uh, there was a bit of a problem, but he showed up late. It was well worth the wait. He was there, spoke to us for, you know, over an hour on all kinds of incredible things. Um, <clears throat> we got to hear his perspectives um, on, you know, uh, some of the things that are happening to him right now. But most of all, I saw a very strong and resolute man who has tremendous faith in Jesus Christ. He mentioned Jesus at least two times, and he talked about the freedom to serve God, the freedom to honor God. And some of you right now, you go, what, Donald Trump talking about Jesus Christ? That is... What a farce that is. That man is such a sinner. Aren't we all? Aren't we all just sinners saved by grace? Who better for God to choose somebody? This billionaire playboy got caught saying a few nasty things, uh, doing some things that he shouldn't have done, sinful things, uh, definitely having a problem with women like David of old. Uh, King David had his problems with women, and so did Solomon. Um, Solomon, he, he brought it on himself. I mean, my husband says, I can't handle one wife. How do, how do you handle, like, thousands? You know, what are you going to do with that, right? You think it's fun for a while, and then they all want to talk. How'd you like that, huh? It's bad enough that one wife wants to talk. Well, I think we need to talk. Do you, have you ever seen the, the look of fear in a husband's eye when you say that? I mean, I, I, I find that offensive. I, I'm like, what? I, is, is it a problem to talk? Is it a problem with you to talk? Oh, no, no, no. Then it, it looks even more fearful as you begin to question why they look fearful because you want to talk, you know? But JT and I have worked through that. He's learned not to look fearful anymore, and he just he has this way. Of, it's like a poker face. There's no emotion. Of course, that makes me even more upset where I'm like, do you, do you not care? Like, why do you look like that? Like, you don't care if we want to talk, we don't want to talk. It's like, it doesn't matter to you, you know? Then then I get even more upset. So um, then we go for counseling and we're fine. We haven't been for counseling in a long time. We're really happy. So everything's fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> Sit down. Okay, I won't go over the Tucker Carlson 
Um, favorite story I have when Tucker Carlson was in an airplane, because my son will probably kill me for going over that again. I love that story, though. So anyways, we saw Donald Trump, and he talked about the state of the United States of America. And we've got a very big problem. There are elections in something like over 85% of the countries of the world in 2024, this year. And I hope there's an election here, but I haven't heard that Trudeau's called one. Have you? Let's all pray. Jesus, please help Trudeau to call an election. Help us to be able to have a new leader who's way better, way, way, way better. Now, that's a big prayer because I think we're going to get someone that's a little bit better. Uh, but <laughs> come on. Um, I, I, do, I do think it would be nice if there was an election called... Please help Jugmeet Singh to get, to get some sense and to just let this government fall. Amen. Amen. We need some help because we're going to talk a little bit more about this, this bill they're putting in that's trying to imprison me. I know it's personal. I'm taking it very personally. I really am. All right. But we do want to say it's very sad that former conservative Prime Minister uh, Brian Mulroney passed away yesterday. And this was uh, the Canadian press headline. Brian Mulroney, one of Canada's most divisive prime ministers, dead at 84. Isn't that kind? In his, in his death, right? The most divisive prisoners. Now, prisoner, prisoners, prime ministers. What, what do you... Prisoners. Prisoner, we're the prisoners. <laughs> we're prisoners in this country. What, um, now, why was he divisive? What do you think? I do think I remember that he wanted to bring in, um, you know, uh, multiculturalism. He was someone who talked about that. And uh, what else? This is from a liberal. This is from not read by Canadian. Yeah. This is a liberal press. This is a liberal person saying he's divisive. Right. Why was he divisive? Yeah. Why was he divisive? Yeah. I mean, as things go, there's probably some of you who can remember that kind of history. Me, I was just a pup at this time. I don't think I was paying attention. I didn't. I, I was saying to someone in my family the other day that I didn't pay attention to news till you know probably I was, you know, I don't know getting in my late 30s and 40s, where I started thinking, oh, news kind of matters. Um, these people are crazy. You know, we should maybe be paying attention. And uh, now I'm really paying attention, especially, you know, after all the things that they're trying to put into our children's minds. This is the propaganda war. This is, someone called me today about a um, some dreams people have been having about 2025 and the attempt to literally remove children from people's homes. So there's this World Economic Forum. Uh, it's one of those things like the the two, what was it? Uh, you know, where they did the thing, the 202 or whatever, um, or the 200 where they did a reenactment. Anyways, the WEF has this thing on the pandemic, the, you know, the latest, like a sort of a, you know, you run through, what would we do if there was this harsh pandemic in 2025, which affects children? And one of the scenarios is children being removed to a safe place. Like them taking your children as if that's okay. So a couple people I know have told, uh, one told me that they had a dream about the children being removed, but that, that our kids were safe, whatever that means. So uh, another has had a dream that this is a plan in the works and a scheme for children to be taken. And when you look back over history, uh, many times in history, actually, they've gone after the kids. The, the evil people have gone after the kids. In the Bible, um, I think there's two or three times where a, an evil ruler literally 
uh, took the lives of all the kids. One was in Moses' day, then it was in Jesus' day um, when Herod heard about that there was a, a, a Christ child being born somewhere under a star. Uh, he was livid, furious, and he did a massive genocide of the kids. So weird stuff, you know, but do I think we're safe? I do, because I declare Psalms 91 over my life every single day that he will hide us under the shadow of his wing. And there might be a plague that comes to their house, to their tent, because they are not protected. And who's they? Anyone who does not call on the name of the Lord, anyone who does not find their security, their hope, their strength, and their anchor in God Almighty, they are they. And they might not be protected, but we are. We are. Will that be hate speech one day? Ah, just a thought. I'm wondering. All right. So Canadian Minister of Justice and Attorney General Arif Virani says that the new online harms bill enhances free expression. Here's what he has to say. This is what the Online Harms Act will do. Under this bill, major online services will have three overarching obligations. A duty to protect children, a duty to act responsibly, and the duty to remove the most egregious content. This bill targets the worst of what we see online, content that sexually victimizes children or re-victimizes survivors, intimate content shared without consent, content that incites violence, extremism, or terrorism, content that incites violence or foments hatred, and content that is used to bully a child or induce a child to self-harm. This bill will establish a new Digital Safety Commission to make sure that online services comply with their new obligations, as well as an ombudsperson to advocate for users and victims of online harm. It's good to protect kids. I'm all in favor of protecting children. I'm all about it. However, it seems that they're not into protecting children because all of these schools have things that I believe victimize and abuse children through their eyeballs when they've got to look at naked people having sex in school books. So recently, I just watched a video of uh, a woman that I met who's fighting hard against what is going on in the schools in, in uh, Winnipeg. And I wish I had her video ready, and maybe I should try to get that to you for next week. Because this is an ongoing problem, and she's highlighting it. With basically, you know, the school teachers and these, um, these dildos, um bringing it, them into the class and doing some sort of teaching on all of this to little kids. And then you've got all of these books talking about the sexuality of parents. You've got, I remember watching a little book that was about two gay guys who've adopted kids. And a lot of the book had them just like in, in a bed, you know, like families, you watch TV or, you know, you snuggle Saturday morning because your kids are little, but it was so bizarre. Like these two gay men had adopted kids and they were just, you know, their hairy chest. It, it just, it was so weird. And now we've got full on drawings of sexual acts between same sex people, kids involved. And now we have the world basically saying 
you know, the, the United Nations basically saying that kids are sexual from when they're born. And so we just have to validate that, help them grow into that. Do you know what Song of Solomon says very specifically in this Bible that I love so much? It says, do not awaken that part of a, of a human being until it's time. You don't awaken it. So when God creates a person, of course, they have all of these things there, but some are like seeds and they're laying there. It's not their time to sprout. It's not a child who is 10, 11, 12, I dare say 13, 14, does not need to know about all of this crazy sexual stuff that these activists are trying to teach them. And so when Mr. Virani is talking about protecting kids, how is it protecting kids, all of the stuff they're actually doing in plain sight with going on children's hormones, um, teaching and, and, and confusing kids, telling them they can be gender fluid? That's not protecting kids. And I bet, Mr. Virani, that you don't actually think or believe in that gender stuff. I bet he doesn't. Because Arif Virani, where would that be from, his, his descent? People from all over the world, they don't think like that, you know? And that's why the Muslims have risen. Uh, Camille El-Sheikh, my friend, has risen fighting so hard against Soji because the Muslims, they don't accept Soji. They don't believe in this homosexuality at all. But Indians were born in Kampala. He's born in Kampala? And he's Indian, just like me. You're not Indian. No, I'm not Indian, but I was born in Kampala. I wonder if me and Mr. Varani were born in the same hospital, Malago. Interesting. So I, I, I venture to say he probably doesn't believe in all of this, but like, let me, for instance, uh, show you what is going on in Quebec. Medical gender transition among minors. Is Quebec moving too fast? What to do with your body when you doubt your gender? In Quebec, the trans affirmative approach is popular. We accompany adolescents to the destination of their choice puberty blockers, hormones, and surgeries, it is up to them after evaluation to decide what doesn't happen, sometimes without regrets, nor without risks either, they say. So on January 30th, Sasha, and I guess they've given this young lady this name, 14, showed up alone at a, at a chic, chic private clinic for her medical appointment. The young girl identifies as transgender and to begin her transition to the other sex, she needs a prescription for the male hormone testosterone. She was not referred by any doctor, psychologist, or therapist. She hopes to avoid the long waiting list at public clinics. In less than three minutes, Sasha describes to the doctor who receives her tortuous relationship with her body uh, which she says she has hated since the age of 12. Oh, okay. So for a whole two years, she's been miserable. I mean, who wasn't miserable when they were 13? I don't know about you, but I don't know. I felt rejected, bullied, you know, and that's just because I was, you know, a little bit different, blonde. And when I was in the Arctic, so when I was 11, 
you know, I was really bullied. I mean, I, I was the only white kid in the school. And so sometimes I got picked on a little bit, but they were starting to like me. I'd been there three years. But anyways, who's happy when they're 12 or 13? What do you know? If, if you're, if you don't like your face or you think you need braces and, you know, some girls are pretty and you don't feel pretty, of course, maybe it's easier to say, I'm unhappy. I've hated my body. So, oh, maybe I should be a boy. You know, my face is so ugly. I should be a boy. Have you seen how many ugly kids turn into cute adults? A lot, you know, and boy, braces sure helped me. I remember my mom looking at me. Now, my mom was the kind she never wore makeup, but she just let me know something pretty early on. She said, Laura Lynn, you're going to need to wear mascara when you grow up. Thank you, mom. So I've taken her advice and I've worn a lot. Now, she didn't like it so much when I started taking her advice at 14. And she was like, that's a lot of makeup, young lady and big blue eyeshadow. It was hideous. Anyways. All right. So having received a diagnosis of an eating disorder that she doubts, Sasha says she is convinced that she is transgender after watching a video of a young trans man on the internet. The internet's done this propagandizing. Then the teachers follow it up with all of this approval and celebration. Oh, you're transgender. Yay. You'll never have great sex in your whole life because you're going to mess with all your, you know, all your body parts. Oh, okay. Good for you. He too realized he was in the wrong body. So now he's a, a he. Oh no, this is the guy on the internet after being diagnosed with an eating disorder. After asking the young girl if she had the support of her parents, the doctor continued, are you considering surgeries in the future? Sasha doesn't understand right away. Surgeries like mastectomy, removing your chest, uh, specifies the family doctor. Before giving her the contact details of the Montreal clinic where these operations are carried out. A 14-year-old girl. This is based on a true story. So injected over the long term, the testosterone she wants from the doctor can make a woman infertile. The possibility of a future pregnancy is raised in one question. I understand that it's a bit far away for you, says the doctor at the age of 14. But is fertility something you want to maintain before starting, says the doctor? Uh, no, I always knew that I didn't want kids, says Sasha. Okay. Okay, continues the doctor, because 14-year-olds know exactly what they want, and they're, they're very wise, very wise. So look at this. After nine minutes of consultation, Sasha gets his prescription, 30 mega milligrams of testosterone to inject once a week. So now, after nine minutes of consultation, Sasha went from she to he. He gets his prescription. So it's certain that at 14 years old, we don't give adult doses right away because you don't want the hair to start growing the next morning, says the doctor, because they grow hair all over their bodies once they, you know, like a hairy man, right? And once this starts, it, it doesn't go away either. Once you, even if you change your mind and you don't want to be that person anymore. All right. So anyways, is, is that crazy? Do you ever... Do you ever just sit in the in, once in a while and think about what's going on and go, has everyone lost their ever loving minds? I do that. And I think, how is this okay? When someone transitions and they lose everything, I mean, how are they going to get that back? They, they can't have kids. And you decide this at a young age and we're making it possible to decide this after, you know, 
three minutes you explain, then you're in there six minutes and you say, oh, I don't think I want kids. Okay, stamp, rubber stamp, off to the hospital you go. You know, let's let's get you in for that because there's starting to be a real lineup to get those breasts removed, you know. And then after nine minutes, she is now a he. It's just absolutely crazy. So me saying stuff like this, is this going to be allowed? And here's the thing, JT, didn't you say with the harms bill that it's going to be based on, as well, anything that you've ever said in the past. So we're going to have to, if they're going to deem, they're going to go after someone first, right? And it's going to be a big problem. They're going to deem whatever they think is hateful. And if they think that it's hateful to want to protect children. So in their view, protecting children is going to be about giving children their full license to transition as every child born under God's heaven should have in their view, in their godless, atheistic, psychopathic, sick world. You can just transition kids. I'm going to just say it while I can. I'm probably going to have to remove this video one day. What are we all going to do? Get, you know, someone complains about you and then you get a, a $20,000 hit from here, there, everywhere. And what were you saying? They can just take you to court. You have to defend yourself. And if you lose, it's $20,000 to the person and then $50,000 to the government. Yep. Is that it? This is, this is all in this pr provision. Times Times however many complaints you have. I mean, where, where are we all going to get the money for that? If you're found innocent, you'll be broke defending yourself, which is the whole point of it all. Just shut you down. Don't talk. Don't have courage. Don't speak. I mean, can I just ask you, like, person to person right now, what is the answer to this? Sooner or later, like, you can't afford to fight it. Um... I guess if you're going to really, you know, keep on saying it because it's true, you'll go to jail. Is, is there uh, tactics that we're going to have to do differently? I mean, I certainly believe that every single person who has their kids in public school, listen, you got to know what they are teaching your kids, and I hope you are getting your kids out now. That might be a way where we could bring change when they don't have funds coming into the school anymore. You may only have to do it collectively, get everyone in the school that your kids is going to, get all of them to take their kids out of school at the same time, on the same day, and, and do it until this is done. Because they, they're not going to want to be missing these funds. There was another place I saw that they were making it illegal to put the trans flag up anywhere. I think I might have posted that. I'll see if I can find that. Well, this is Brian Lilly um, opining on how the online harms bill could be seriously abused. Take a listen. It's uh, if, if someone is suspected that they might uh, partake in a hate crime, they can be arrested and put under house arrest to stop them from committing the crime. Uh, this is flagrant, flagrantly unconstitutional. There's no yeah. way that this would stand. And, and, you know, I actually think that of a few parts of the bill. Um, this is a very problematic bill that the government is going to wrap itself up in the, uh, the, the mantle of saying, we are protecting children. Why are you against protecting children from online harm? But you've got the pre-crime stuff. You've got life sentences for hate crimes. Um, that's putting it up there with first degree murder. Now, unless 
you commit a hate crime where you kill a bunch of people motivated by hate, I don't see that standing up in court. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, it would be absolutely bizarre for that to stand. So uh, there have been some calls to separate the bill out, the portions that deal with protecting kids from sexual exploitation and such, plus all this other stuff, which has nothing to do with protecting kids. Put them out as two bills, debate them, fix them. But this thing, it, it will not stand if it's passed. So, so that's good news, isn't it, JT? Like what he's saying is it, it won't work. It'll be fought. It, it's, and people are beginning to talk about this across the world, like, like that, you know, what a, what a communist state we're becoming, you know, that Canada. Now, I think, you know, Trudeau's liberals just want to pass things like this. It's, it's so hideous that... Um, they're on their way out. Right. They want to do as much damage as they can on the way out uh, to Canadian families because that's what they've done all along. They're, you know, all of this um, indoctrination and the stuff that's come in in the last eight years of this hideous Trudeau uh, experience, um, it, it's just been an assault against everything that Canadians believe in. Millions and millions and millions of Canadians do not believe for one second in this transgender agenda. They don't believe in harming children, and that's why they don't believe in the transgender agenda. But the woke culture has infiltrated everything, and that's especially alive and well under Trudeau. Now, thankfully, even some of his own members don't want him there anymore, and, and they're complaining like crazy behind the scenes. You know it, because everybody... Everywhere you go, even if they were a liberal, they're not anymore. They want Trudeau gone, gone and gone. Um, so one more picture here, JT. Do you see my share here? If they know how to choose a gender, they are ready for face uh, tats as well. Kids know when they're ready for tattoos. Somebody put this up on on um, on the internet, and you know it's a very good point they're trying to make, right? Uh, you think that you're ready to make a lifelong decision about, you know, what gender you are when God already did it so perfectly. And uh, so maybe you're just ready for these tattoos. All right. Uh, Missouri Senator Josh Howley commenting on Hunter Biden's testimony on Wednesday on Capitol Hill. Joining me now is Josh Hawley, Republican senator from Missouri. Uh, senator, uh, he, he had a, a, another convenient you know, bout of amnesia or confusion about things that I can't imagine most people who are sentient, and I don't think he was always on drugs, was he, um, would have a decent recollection of. Yeah, either he had amnesia. My other favorite line, Laura, from what I've read in the deposition so far is about asked about certain text messages that are hugely incriminating. He says, oh, I, I was high at the time or maybe drunk. So he has amnesia, he's drunk, he's high, and apparently he just can't go anywhere without daddy, but that's normal for a 40-something-year-old grown man. I mean, that's what we're to believe. This is ridiculous. He's trying to play us for fools. Everybody knows the truth here. He just confirmed it, that Biden participated in the lunches. He met with his business associates. He was selling access to his dad. I mean, it's clear as day. Is it me? Oh my gosh. Sorry, everyone. I got a new mute and now I have to remember to unmute myself. Sorry. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. Um, so 
so the the craziness going on, all of the, you know, all of the lies, the nets they have set for Donald Trump. Understand, in the last, you know, three and a half years, the Trump family has been under great, tremendous stress because they've attacked him. They, you know, they, oh, you, you know, you got loans on basing your properties being overvalued, which have, have you ever had this happen where someone has to go, if you want a loan based on a property, they have to go in and do their own assessments anyways to see what you're talking about and if they can really give you a loan based on the asset that you've put forward. So they do all of these, you know, studies and they, they walk through and they, they decide whether the property that, that you are holding as collateral is worthy of the amount of money that you're paying. And so that's, that's what happens. And so they say, they said that Donald Trump, you know, overassessed his properties. Um, did he or didn't he? I mean, the, the bank accepted it. This is what happens all the time. So then he uh, pays the loan off, pays it on time, tons of interest paid. It's a done deal. Walks away from it. Years and years later, they've gone after him for all of this. Then they want to take his kids, right? They want to uh, take his children and, and just destroy their lives. This has just been such an assault against this family. And yet, you know, the other night when I saw him just one week ago, Donald Trump in this, it was like, um, it was late in the evening. So he had sort of a, a quiet, strong strength that he was portraying. He wasn't full of excitement or anything. And he just said, we have to continue to fight. And he said, I'm doing this for you. And he really is. Because why would Donald Trump want to go under the knife again? Go through all of this that they are doing to him. He has to. Otherwise, what do we have in North America? We've got open borders. We've got the woke culture taking over. We've got the, the United States loathing that they are teaching young people. They're teaching them critical race theory to make them racist. And we had David Haskell on, Professor David Haskell on from Canada. And he explained to us just, so, you know, two weeks ago, but he explained to us how when you talk about critical race theory and you, you, you point out judging people by the color of their skin, you're just making it worse. You're making it worse and putting forward all of these nonsense, you know, ideas is just making people more conscious of people's race. And, and it also just shows such, it's just lies. People are not racist. They are very accepting in the United States and in Canada. And I've seen it. I, I've seen the kindness that is being shown. Um, I was recently at, uh, you know, I was in a church in Colorado Springs while I was away on my way home. And in this uh, were people of all color, just loving hugs being expressed such a beautiful sense of community there. And Colorado Springs, I mean, they they are just crying out to God because everything's gone wrong. Like all this, all of the transgender nonsense is coming in, the woke, you know, ideologies that are being put forward on every turn, it's all coming in. And they are just starting to cry out to God because he's the only one actually that can fix this. 
He really is the only one. This is the only way that we get through any of this is that the Lord God would help us. And at the end of, you know, everything that they try to pull, both the, the Democrats and the liberals, the NDP up here in Canada, everything that they're trying to push forward to harm our country, um, I think that what's happening is there is a great awakening. We are willing to say more. Mothers are coming across the country to the schools to speak out against the nonsense of bringing your sex toys into the classroom to show little kids stuff that they shouldn't be seeing. The mothers are coming and they're not happy about any of this. So we're starting to see this wake up and I really, you know, I really appreciate that and I know God is with us. And this last weekend confirmed that to me and I told you a bit about it yesterday, but I mean, I had to leave Colorado Springs on an airplane. My plane got delayed five hours. So at about hour two, you know, when we were all thinking, like, what are we going to do? Um, they started forming lineups of, you know, telling people which way they could go. And I ended up just by happenstance being beside a beautiful lady. Uh, her name was Joanna. And Joanna offers, uh, well, we heard her saying she's going to drive to Denver to catch another plane. And a whole bunch of us are like, can we go with you? Like, because they'll just rebook you. If you can get to Denver, they said, we'll rebook you on another flight. Denver's a much bigger airport and you'll get a flight out. You can, you can get home. So four of us end up being in Joanna's car. That's five people, right? Of those five, all of us Christian so what did we do on our hour and a half drive to Denver? We talked. Um, Joanna wanted to pray for us, so we all prayed together. I said a prayer. Marta said a prayer. Marta's this cute little lady, so she's a DJ, and uh, she plays Christian music, and she kind of shared her testimony. And then Joanna shared her testimony, and an incredible testimony of literally uh, coming back from the dead. Um, she had been in a car accident. So... So she's sharing her testimony, and I think that, I don't know, she's going to put it in a book or something coming out. We all pray for one another. It's fantastic. We get to Denver. Like every step of the way, everything I needed done was cared for. Now, when we got to Denver, unfortunately, the gentleman, now his name, he had the last name of Thompson as well, LLT, we called him. LT ends up accidentally leaving his backpack in the back of Joanne's, um, her vehicle, so I had given Joanne, I had given, shared my information with her. And so when we got to the airport, we all kind of dispersed and LT did not know that he'd left his backpack in the back of Joanne's car. So I get through security with another lady that had gotten there by taxi from Colorado Springs. And she said, are you a Christian? And I said, yes, I am. And she says, oh yeah, I thought so. You know, and I said, yeah, you, you really seem like a Christian too. Now, how do we know that? It's because you know, sometimes your spirits just meet. Can you imagine that my angels and another person's angels, maybe my angels have been assigned to me for a long time, like since birth or whatever, and those angels are assigned to this person since birth, and they're all saying hi because they've known each other since, you know, forever and ever um, before their assignments to us. This is just how I think it might happen. And so the angels are high-fiving, hey, how you been? Because our angels go everywhere with us. They're not omnipresent. Only God is omnipresent. And the Holy Spirit's omnipresent, right? But the devil is not omnipresent. The devil can't be everywhere. So the devil is probably like 
I don't know. He's at that underground CERN, right? That's probably where the devil actually lives. He's or he's probably at the WEF hanging out, maybe in Biden's office. I don't know where the devil is, but he is not omnipresent. He's one being. He's somewhere. And so in any case, our angels are doing high fives and stuff. And we begin walking towards the, the gates to, to, go to, our, to go to our gates. We've gone through security. All of a sudden, over the loudspeaker is my name. Laurel Ann Thompson. Laurel Ann Thompson. And nothing. Like, no, no, like, you know, you forgot something in security. Get to your gate. Nothing. And I still had, like, a couple of good hours before my, my plane, my flight was leaving. Laura Lynn Thompson, and I'm like, and this lady says to me, they're calling your name. I said, I know. So what happened? I eventually got to an information thing, and I won't go into the details because it's very long. And the next, it basically became my own personal amazing race. It was as if God sort of said, you know, your day's a bit slow, Laura Lynn. Let's just, let's just, you know, shove in a a little fun for, for the, you know, for the fun of it. And I had to get to an information desk. And there they said that this guy, LT, the only name he could remember was mine because our, we're both named Thompson and he knew my name was Laurelyn. So he's, he's paging me because he saw me, you know, exchange information with Joanna. Now, Joanna, we didn't know where she was and we had to find her. So we just, I said, and now LT, he was pretty much, you know, having a, a, a meltdown. And I said, now let's just pray. So I just prayed out loud, God. Help us to find Joanna and to get his backpack because he was going to Hong Kong. He had all these important papers for his son in the backpack. He could not leave for Hong Kong without these papers. Where are they? Where's Joanna? We don't know Joanna's last name. So they wouldn't page her for her last name. So I said, well, could you just page like Joanna Smith uh, with Laurelyn Thompson? Because maybe she'd put the two names together somewhere in the airport no they wouldn't do that but they would page joanna smith so they did but that's not her last name i was making it up so in any case two and a half hours kind of go by but then i took a train to go to talk to a united they said united is on the beacon course and i took a train and i took the wrong one and i ended up (laughs) i took the train out of the whole terminal to baggage So I had to go back through security again. I was like, help me, Jesus. But when I went out, I went back up to the United place and right there was LT. And he's like, what are you doing here? I said, well, I took the train out. I got out of the wrong place. I got to get back because my my flight's leaving. But I was able to help him gang up on uh, the young United guy that wasn't really ready to help him. And I, I have nothing bad to say about United because they covered my my hotels and they, they took really good care of the mistakes that were made through things that happened. Um, so I have no, I have no complaints about United, but this young man didn't really want it. He's like, I can't give you a passenger's name. Like they can't give you. So we said, please just call Joanna. You have her number somewhere there. If we walk away, we will never know who this person is. And if she never contacts me, even though she took my, um, my contact information, if she never contacts me, we'll never see her again. Can you please just call Joanna, leave her LT's phone number and how to get a hold of him because he can't go to Hong Kong unless we get this. So within a few minutes, actually, after he left a message, Joanna called 
And then we found out she was only on a one night layover. So LT was able to change his ticket going to Hong Kong in a few hours to going the next day. So his wife was fine and, you know, but it was just like, then I had to go through security again, of course, you know, and I figured out about security, like, you know, they've got those things where you got to stand there, put your hands up and it twirls around you. And they don't like when you um, say that you don't want to get that. So they're making it really hard. They want to do the, you know, the whole pat down and everything. They won't even, even though they have another one that you can just walk through. No, it's not okay. They want to punish you. I told them that you, you want to punish us for not taking this thing that children aren't allowed to go through. So Children can't go through these, these big things. So this is what they say. Oh, it's because they're too short. And I said, well, doesn't that thing tell what I have on my body all the way down to my feet? You know, that security, you know, the security bubble I'm talking about, right? Doesn't it see all the way from a a human uh, adult's body from top to bottom? So you're saying kids, you can't tell on kids. Um, why? Oh, I, and I said it, that seems like a design fault. So if you don't want to go into this thing that you're not letting kids go through. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know. Is, is that the reason? I don't know. I don't know if I buy all that. Like, just scan them. If it's all okay. I don't think it's that okay. And I don't want any more bad rays. You know, these x-ray machines everywhere. You know, when you get your teeth done, you've always got to have an x-ray machine. And, uh, you know, my last dentist, uh, dental assistant, she said, you're only getting as much um, of that, I don't know what you call it, but the x-ray bad material as eating a banana. So I thought, okay, I didn't even know that you could get anything from eating a banana. But if that's all it is, all right, take the x-ray. You know, but I, I don't know, like we're all suffering. There's like, look at how cancer's going up. I'm not suffering, thank God, because I am covered by Psalms 91. And I hope that you are too. Psalms 91 protects me. I do not have any sickness in my body. It might go to their place, but it was not going to come to mine. The only one that can take my life when it is God's time on his day, when he says it is time, that's when I go. I don't go a day sooner or later. So protected by Psalms 91. Now, I'll close with this. Um, Some of the conversations that I've had in this last week with people in America, there is a crisis point that they are at that we are not yet at in Canada. And I don't know why, because it's, I think it's worse here. Some of the things, this online harms bill, uh, the way that they want to make us pay, the way that we are going through, you know, communist, Nazi regime, tyrannical measures being put against Canadians. I think it's worse than in the United States of America because they do honor uh, the the First Amendment, uh, freedom of speech, the right to bear arms. They're all armed. I mean, even when you're in these conventions or whatever, people are armed. So, you know, God help somebody who does go on some sort of shooting rampage Um, As we're seeing happening, you know, more and more the the shooter is being taken out immediately as people arm themselves to protect themselves from crazy, crazy nuts. And they're very concerned because there's an increase in the rape of women that is going on. They've had several high profile, um, uh, you know, one of these migrants, illegal migrants that has come in. There's several stories 
of them harming citizens. And of course, Biden doesn't even call the families of the murdered girl who's, you know, raped and murdered by one of these illegals where, you know, when George Floyd died, of course, he's on the phone and connecting with the families. Like when there's high profile deaths, usually the president will do something, but not a word, just the protection of millions and millions of people coming into their country. Many of them, they're literally releasing them from mental institutions in Mexico and Venezuela and releasing the prisoners. Yep, go to America. That'll be their problem now. Violent attackers. They're also finding their way up to Canada. Young military-aged Chinese men, 26,000 coming through the southern border. Everyone is talking about this in the States and they're concerned and they feel like if we don't, if we don't fight, if we don't have a real change and get Donald Trump back in to being the president, then there's a sense that they lose the country. It's a bad feeling. Can you imagine four more years of, well, I mean, if they're going to run Biden, I mean, four more years from where? From, from the old folks home in his bed with a video? You know, video casting Biden. He can't get out anymore. He's, he's in, he needs to be in the old folks home. Have you seen? He's twice, he's talked to dead people that aren't there and said that he's seen them. He can't say things properly. They're, they're freaking out the moment that he goes off script because you don't know what he's going to say and nothing makes sense. So they're in dire straits. And, and at one point, the guy asked for the video feed to be cut. Did I tell you this yesterday, JT, when he asked for the video feed to be cut? And um, he said uh, he didn't want it going out. So the guy who was speaking in Colorado Springs, he said, I just want to really talk to you about something. And he says, I know many of you have the same feeling I have, that something's really wrong. And you don't really know what it is. And you're not sure that you can pinpoint it to something, but with all of these bad things that are happening, there's this sense that something's really wrong. And then this man said the most amazing thing. He said, we must begin to pray harder than we've ever prayed. And we must join together and allow God to give us the strength to be discerners of the times so that we can act and know what to do. And that is really all we have. And I do ask the Lord for that. Many people are beginning to have these things too, these strange dreams. They're having dreams. God is giving them dreams. The last most prominent dream that I had that I felt had some merit to it, because I sometimes dream crazy things, but I can't make any sense of it. The, the last one I had was right before we did the Era of Champions, or was it the, uh, um, maybe the Great Canadian Awakening? And I had a dream that there had been a storm, and the storm came in, and the house that I was in, it was completely disheveled because the storm had blown through and blown everything up. And then in my dream, there was an understanding that looters had come in and stolen all kinds of stuff and everything was missing. But I went to this place where I know that we kept the silver and the silver was there and everything else was gone. That was my dream. 
I don't know what that means. Does it mean that God was saying to everything is going to be taken, but, you know, get some silver? I don't know. I, I thought it was very interesting. And so we have gotten silver. <laughs> um, and that's perhaps, you know, you know, we go with Sun City Silver. I'll just put that up there. Any of you who've got funds in the bank, the the money is a problem because our governments have been spending and spending and spending. They've been printing money. They've been giving millions away to other countries. They've been giving millions away to help abortions happen in, in Africa. Millions of dollars are given for godless results. And our our country remains in an unstable position financially, going deeper and deeper and deeper in debt. And so if you contact and if you'd like to, make sure that you've got, you know, something that is worth something, which is gold and silver, then Sun City Silver at Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com. That is the place to go. Thank you very much for being with us today. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson, and our website is lauralynn.tv. And I appreciate you so much. And thank you to uh, special people like Heather and, um, and Jane uh, that have been um, kind to us and signed up as monthly partners. I really appreciate it. And I also want to say that um, I appreciate the person who wrote yesterday. Mark, I think your name is. You wrote <laughs> me yesterday and you said that as I shared my testimony and my story, uh, that reminds me that you were really moved and that God was speaking to you through that. And, and you know, you were moved to tears through all of that. So there's a donate button right over there. You see that way over there um, that you can go to on my website, laurelin.tv. And I'm offering this book right now. If anyone would like to become a $20 or more monthly partner, then I am going to personally send out this book to you. So if you did include your address, but I think that I have it on Canada Helps. Uh, also, um, you know, if you would like to get the book off me, I guess you could order it, but it's on Amazon, so might as well go there to, to order the book. But if you could support us for $20 per month or more, we're going to send you off this book. The story of my life uh, with Relentless Redemption is a, a story of brokenness and God's complete and total forgiveness. It's, um, it's a very personal story, and it has um, beautiful scripture stories, um, the stories of the Bible, sort of woven lightly through the book. Like, when I gained strength, when I knew that God had forgiven me, um, you know, it might allude to a story of someone being forgiven in the Word. And... In chapter 12 here, peace like a river. Into your hands I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, the God of truth and faithfulness. Psalms 31.5. And then I go into, you know, just another, another part of my story. And this story takes you from when many, many years ago, just such a failure, thinking I would never recover, and then into God's uh, promotion to different jobs um, being a national television show host um, doing television because God had called me to do television and all the way to today's date after mountaintop experiences and low, you know, valley, oh, valley of death experiences where I didn't know how I'd get through it. 
um, several times in life that's happened. You know, we don't just go through it once. We have a few times where we just feel, oh, don't know how I'm getting through this. And you might be in a time like that. You'd really enjoy this book. It'll keep you up at night. So if you start reading it at around 1030, you won't go to bed till 230 because you'll just have to just keep reading and reading and reading because it's written like a really exciting novel in a way. It tells the whole story. And so if, you, um, if you're interested in that, thanks for supporting us. It means a lot. JT and I do this because we believe the call of God is on our life to share truth at this hour. And the greatest truth I want to leave you with today is that God is on the throne and you do not have to worry. It does look kind of bad what they're doing. You do not have to worry about it though. God is good. He is on time. Not, uh, he's not on our time schedule because we'd like him to fix it now. But of course, he does it when he knows he has obtained maximum results from the storm, maximum character building from the trial. That is when God says, okay, it is done. It's finished. And the trial is removed. And we do know that God can remove the trial in any given day. So as we watch all of this assault on our children, and we know that the protection of children is something that, you know, we, we want to see happening. I'm hoping that these censorship bills, we've got to start going after the schools then with $20,000 or, or, you know, just, uh, you know, online hate. Like we've, we've got to go after the people that are actually online harming then, you know, and I think you are harming kids when you're trying to transition them. So we should go after people that are promoting transition. That's how that should work, right? We should make it work to our, our use, I think. Anywho, I've had fun being here today. My email is laurelinlive at protonmail.com if you'd like to write or um, if you prefer to send checks rather than support any other way, that'd be great. And we also have box 48184. Um, box 48184. Oh, 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 JT got Queensboro in there. <laughs> I didn't know it would ever happen. It's so awesome. You're the best. P.O. Box 48184, Queensboro, New Westminster, British Columbia, V3M0A7. Thank you for, thank you for that, that, for supporting us. All right. So guess what? Maybe it is the beginning of the last days. This is what Jesus says in Revelations 22. He is such a loving God. He's not angry with us. He loves us. Um, I'm not saying he's not angry at sin. And if you're living in sin and you're just a blazing, lying, murderous fool, you're probably not watching this. But for those of you who are watching, rest assured in this, that Jesus, he said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And he's such a gentleman that he'll never do anything without asking your permission. He'll never barge his way into your life. God will never, ever force you to request his assistance. It's funny that the God of the universe, who can be in full control of everything, has relinquished one right, and that is that he will not control your will. He won't force you to go to heaven. He won't force you to serve him. He won't force you to give your life to him. Why? Why is that? Because. Would you like to marry somebody that you force them to marry you? Would you? Do you want to 
meet a nice guy and tell him you have to marry me and blackmail him, bludgeon him, beat him into marrying you. What kind of marriage would that be? Jesus had an idea because he had all these created beings around him, but they never had an opportunity to choose him. He just made them. He made them to be angelic servants to him. And he had a whole functioning heaven going on. But you know what he really wanted? He just wanted someone who'd love him for him. Not because of what they'd get or because they're forced to, but because they get to and they love him. And the only way for God to not force you to serve him was to go, all right, hard as this is, I'm giving you the right to choose me or to reject me because I am who I am. I've put everything in place because I just am. I'm, I'm God and I can't have sin and unrighteousness before me, but if you will choose me and if you'll serve me, I'm gonna make your life spectacular. And can I say he does? It's never the end of the story when something's going badly. He always wants that abundant life. It says here in Revelations 22, verse seven, look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. And all through Revelations, what does it say? That he is coming for his bride. And it says in verse 12, it says, I'm coming soon, my reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I am God and I give you everything. I give you the keys to the kingdom if you choose me because he doesn't want a bride that was forced to marry him. He is coming as the great bridegroom for the bride that has repented, washed themselves, received the blood of the lamb to be clean, white, pure, totally perfect without spot or blemish because they chose him. They weren't forced into it. That's his perfect plan. God bless. Have a great weekend. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.